think you can do a thing or think you can't do a thing, you're right. So it's about your thinking. Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. So you'll learn from your mistakes. I have Walt Sparling. He's a uh, good friend, longtime friend. He's a mentor. I've learned a lot from him. He is tr tremendously successful in everything he does. And there's a few things I wanted to um, to talk to him about for him to share with the uh, with the podcast family. Um, he's big into systems and habits. I've learned a lot uh, from what I do from Walt. Uh, from the system and habits, there's something that he introduced me to a few years back, uh, which was his morning routine, and that has really helped me accomplish a lot of what I'm trying to do. Uh, so I'm gonna have him talk to us a little bit about the morning routine. Uh, he's also recently uh, accomplished some really big goals that he set for himself. So I wanted to um, pick his brain on that process and what that was like. Uh, and then we'll just wrap up with the, uh, the normal thing, which is uh, the question about uh, what are you doing to get the most out of your dash? Uh, but like all podcasts, uh, I want to start off with the five, um, I guess I'll call them the icebreaker questions. Before I launch into those five icebreaker questions, Walt, I wanted to uh, have you share anything about yourself that I missed or anything you wanted to share with the group before we get started. Okay, so uh, I'm honored that you have such a high opinion. Um, and you've been a, a mentor to me as well, so yeah, I feel you've been very successful over the many years that I've seen you and the struggles you've gone through and success you've achieved. So. I think that's uh, that goes both ways. Um, I, for a living, I'm a project manager uh, slash owner's rep. Um, I work for a large company and we support other large companies in uh, project management and uh, making sure they get what they're looking for. All right, very cool. So the project management piece I know is huge for you and, and I know we're going to dive into that because your organization your systems and habits those I think have really helped you in that in that area and helped you be successful uh, for that so let's launch into the uh, five questions and so question number one the best advice you've ever received I've received a lot of good advice but the one thing that I think it has to do with treating people with respect but one thing that I push that I practice and I push with people that I work with and coach on a job basis is uh, every business, every person has somebody that basically, especially the successful people, uh, I call them the gatekeepers. They manage their schedule, they manage their email, they, uh, they determine who they get to talk to, when, because they know that person very well. So one of the things over the years I learned, and I learned this from a secretary at a company when I was in my 20s, and I, I learned it partly by watching how she did things and how things got done, and then talking with her a little bit about it. And in my business, I deal with people at all levels, but it usually starts with getting in the door, getting, getting a conversation going, and sometimes you'll never talk to that person unless you get past the gatekeeper. So that could be an admin, it could be administrative assistant, it could be an executive secretary, it could be the receptionist, whatever it is. So they're also, people by default, 
I think uh, what I learned early on didn't give them a lot of respect, but over time they realized if you don't get past them or you don't build a relationship with them, you're never going to get what you need to get accomplished or it's not going to be easy at, at, at the least. So in the business I am in now, I deal with a lot of high level people that have such assistance. And uh, sometimes we're dealing with groups and that admin or assistant is their go-to. So if they want to know what's going on, they go to them. So I keep them in the loop of what's going on. And I ask them, what's the general feel or what's the consensus of going with the group? What are the concerns? What things do we need to address? And by giving them that, that information, they're in the know, so they love it. And they're also an advocate for you when you have to get a question answered. Because if you have a relationship with them, they're gonna make sure that you get your answer because they, they you've now got a relationship with them. And it's up simple, I mean, you could take them candy once in a while, send them a thank you card. I've done that a couple times with some admins that I work with. They go out of their way to help me out and so I'll send them a little thank you card or maybe even a little Starbucks gift card or something and they're like blown away that someone took the time but what, does, what it does is it pays off because now when you need a favor or you need a connection, they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely, I'll help you. Yeah, yeah. So what's funny about that, um, best advice you ever received, treating people with respect. Um, so we have a uh, mastermind, and Walt was a presenter uh, on our last uh, mastermind, and the presentation he did was um, uh, on common courtesy, but it's not so common. Uh, so he, he shared a little bit about that and it's very true. I mean, and unfortunately in today's world, uh, we don't see that the, the common courtesies are not common anymore. Uh, you know, treating the janitor with the same respect as the CEO, which is uh, one of the other quotes that I think you had shared before. Too. Yeah. And that, that's kind of become cliche with a lot of people. They say, oh, we respect this person because he treats the janitor the same as the, uh -huh. the CEO. Yeah. And there's truth to that. It's kind of become clickish, but. It's true, you, you. But you need to set. You need to have a mindset that you treat everybody with respect. Right. You might put a little extra effort yeah. into some people yeah. because you're looking for something. We're all looking for something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just see holding doors and looking over your shoulder when you're leaving an establishment or going into an establishment. Did you just close the door on someone behind you? Mm -hmm. And I see that all the time. And I think over the years it's become less and less prominent. Yeah, and uh, the 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 saying, and I heard the podcast. I was I'd never listened to Brian Buffini before, and I had heard about him. He's still not famous in my mind, but once I've listened to him, I found he's a lot bigger player than I ever thought he was. Mm -hmm. But I just happened to catch the title of one of his uh, podcasts, and it was about principles uh, for life. And I started reading to it. And I'm like, oh man, I can so identify with this guy. Everything he's saying is so true. It's the same thing I think. And uh, so then once I went through it, I was like, I felt the need to share it because yeah. I see it in everyday life. And it's like, yeah, why, why are we not? Is it, you know, people like to call out the generation levels and it's so oh, millennials. And, yeah. But that all comes from where do they learn? They learn from their parents, they learn from their friends. I think it's important for parents to make sure they educate their kids and respect not just mom and dad but anybody you yeah. should respect everybody's doing their job whether it be a waitress or a valet or whatever they're doing their job and we all started somewhere yep
So yeah, no, that's 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 good. That's good stuff. Um, so the next question, question number two, is around. Um, you, we hear a lot about successful people. I've heard this before. They get asked, and so the question is this: How much of your success do you feel comes from luck, and how much comes from skill? Winning the lottery, which I have not done, would be more on luck. But success is really on work. There might be a coincidental, I wouldn't even say luck, aspect of that. But I thought I was very lucky to get the job I have. Mm -hmm. But I got it through a relationship with someone. I, For instance, I, the job that I have now, I've interviewed with this company three times. They're a worldwide they have 80,000 employees. It's a massive company. And I interviewed with them two times for positions, which I did not get. First one I know I blew. The second one, I was a good candidate, but they changed the criteria during the interview process. They decided they needed a different level, and I wasn't willing to take the level that they were offering. And then another opportunity came up with the same company at a high level, and I didn't feel qualified. But my friend was like, Explicative, mm -hmm. send in your resume. <laughs> and I did, and I got the job, and it has opened tons of doors for me, and I'm very grateful for that. But it was a relationship that I built over 15 years with this person. And now this person is, I work side by side, she actually sits right next to me. And uh, we've been good friends for a long time, and I assume we'll be good friends for many years to come. But it was because of the relationship that we built over time. And it doesn't happen. Success does not happen overnight. Great. Yeah, so uh, the 15-year relationship is what ended up leading to that opportunity, you know, her talking you into to doing that. Um, and so we, as a group, saw you uh, get the job. You were super excited. So we saw that you, you know, you earned. You deserved the job. You earned it. But for us, it was something that happened at, in, in that one instance. It was that interview. You nailed the interview. You got it after the third try. And uh, and you were successful. But to your point, it was a 15-year relationship. And all the things that you did to prepare you to get to that point. And it was a two-year. I mean, the interviews happened over two years. Two years. Wow. Yeah. For completely different positions, but in the same realm. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. All right. The uh, question number three. Best book you've ever read? I've read a lot of really good books, but the one that always sticks in my mind is uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. And I say that because I, my wife had it in a stock of books at a library, and I was trying to find something good to read, and it was on top of her stack, and I pulled it off, and I just started to read it. And before we left, this was Barnes & Noble's when the local stores were big. <laughs> yeah. And for a half an hour, I read that book, and I said, I'm buying this book. And I took it home, and I read half the book that night in bed. And uh, I was like, this is the kind of stuff I like. There's a lot of nuggets in here. And I liked it so much that I went and read four more of his books. I actually went out the next day, or when I went online, and I ordered all his other books that were available at the time and read through all of them. And a couple of them I've read twice. Now I don't read as much. I do Audible. But this particular book, The Five Dysfunctions, especially in my current role, is important. And that book I've read twice, listened to Audible twice. And I was at my first leadership meeting a couple months ago. And the new 
senior manager that came in, came from another account, and he, one of his things, he said, I, one of the things I want to do is we're build this team up, and I want you guys to read this book. And it was five dysfunctions <laughs> of a team. And I, I would talk to him after. I said, I've read that book multiple times. It's one of my favorites because it is a good book, but it launched me into other areas because of reading that book. So that's why it's one of my favorites. So you would recommend that book? I mean, it sounds like to, to anybody, but mainly for leaders? Leaders, managers, and it's good for just everyday people because it's all about teams. And mm. no matter whether you're a manager or an employee, you, you fit in a team. Mm. And you have to establish trust. You have to uh, have a certain respect for other people in the room. Just because you disagree with them doesn't mean you're right. You have to understand that they're coming from a different place. And uh, you get trust by being open. And one of the things, I'm not a, a conflict guy, I don't like conflict, but healthy conflict is good in both working relationships, marital relationships. Mm -hmm. If you can't talk about your issues, it doesn't need to be a knockdown drag out, it just talk it through. If it gets heated, maybe you gotta step away and come back and address it again. But if you let it go, and I learned this early on, it builds over time and boom, you, you lose your job or you go through a divorce or, and why? Because you weren't willing to address those yeah. those topics, yeah, you have to be able to do that. Good. I have not yet checked that book out, but that, that is now on my list of books to check out. Cool. Thank you. Uh, question number four: Which two people have made the bi biggest impact on your life so far? Well, I'm in my early fifties, so there's been a lot of people that have made an impact on my life. Um, but if I had to pick two, one would be a former boss of mine back when I was in my late 20s. And I worked with him part-time in the summers while I was going to school after getting laid off from another firm who was, they basically didn't have the work anymore, but I needed the money for school. And I got connected with this person, uh, Dick Gramlich is his name. And he was an engineer. I started as a, I had already done mechanical design for years and uh, got hired on there to work on the weekends and then when school went off on the summer I'd work full time and my old boss from another firm asked me that when I graduated I, he wanted his firm to be the first place I interviewed and I'm like okay well when I graduate I'll do that but it was in Ohio and then after two years of him being there he called me because I don't care if you're graduated or not I want you to come up I want you to interview I've already talked to them we'll help you with schooling awesome opportunity so I was all jazzed and my boss I kind of shared it with him because I'm part-time and he already had I think a vision and so when I left I, I made okay money but I was, I was in my 20s he gave me a bonus just out of the blue because you're gonna run into expenses that you didn't know about you didn't plan for so I just want to help you out because I know why you're going up there that just I got a lot of respect for that he knew that I could be interviewing somewhere else so I did the interview heard all the good stuff I came back and I thought about it and I go it was a big company but I just really liked the way this guy treated me and treated everyone else and I decided to stay and I stayed there for another three years, and he was a huge 
huge impact on me. So and I, I go back over the years, I go back and visit him every once in a while, just check in. Super guy. Second, what well, I have to go back to a good friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, Bonnie. Bonsky, as I call her. Um, she was the secretary that worked at the company when I first kind of learned about that whole process. And we're friends to this day, which is, wow, 25 years or so, and we wow. still keep in touch. But I was never a social person, and she was a major party animal, so she would always drag me out to clubs and parties and stuff, and that kind of helped me learn to break the ice and talk to people, and and uh, just, she made a lot of impact on me in a lot of ways. So I'd say she was probably one of the other people. That's that's awesome. So, um, and I, I guess I'm gonna add this to this question going forward, and I did with the uh, first episode. Um, you know, I heard somewhere that uh, sometimes we don't take the time to, to thank those people that have made such a huge impact. Have you sat down with them and shared with them uh, how much of an impact they've made in your life? I don't, maybe a little bit with Bonnie, with uh, Dick, it was more of just going back and checking in yeah. and, you know, letting them know what's going on so that he saw that he invested in someone and they did something with it. Yeah. I think sometimes, sometimes that's good enough. Thanking people is definitely good. Maybe I could have done a better job at that, but yeah. So if you're if you ever hear this, Dick, you're a huge <laughs> impact. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, and the thing that I had listened to, it talked about, and I can't remember who it was, but he had talked about how it, he realized that he hadn't done um, shared with the individuals that had made the big impact. So he wrote them each a note, and then he hand delivered it to them, and he said he couldn't believe how much it changed his life and how much it changed the other person's life because while he had told them that they made an impact, he didn't really tell them that, you know, in my entire lifespan, you know, you made such an impact on me that to this day, while we're friends, you know, that it really has. And that may be something I need to do now that, you know, it comes up because I, I have learned the thank you card stuff yeah. from you. Yeah. I know I've gone through some downs and some ups and I, it's like, Inevitable, I'm going to get a card from David that says, hey, congrats, or sorry to hear things aren't going so well. And like, it makes such a huge impact. That's why I've started to give out thank you cards. That's great. So maybe yeah. I need to follow up on that and do a little thank you to each of them. Cool. All right, you're on the final question, and then we'll jump in into the uh, systems, habits, morning routine, and accomplishing goals. So the last question, uh, what is the most recent bucket item, bucket list item that you've crossed off, and maybe what's another one? you're looking to cross off soon that's a that's a tough one because I don't really have a bucket list mm -hmm. um, I life has evolved so much over the years I've been in the same industry but I've worked in different facets of it my background is in on the design side of the industry mechanical electrical architectural I wanted to be an architect when I was a kid that would have been a bucket list item at one point, but as we grow over time, especially in today's society, things change so rapidly, and you you have to learn to, to adapt to that and figure out, is this where I really want to go? So I never really focused on bucket list items. It was like, what's the next goal that fits the current situation? And uh, the only thing, like I jumped out of an airplane. I swore I'd never do that. <laughs> My best friend convinced me 
we went on a trip. We did a skydiving. We kayaked the Colorado River. We walked the Grand Canyon. All this over the course of a week. And everybody's like, oh, you're just doing your bucket list. And I'm like, no, it just <laughs> it just how it turned out. Yeah. The only item that really I want to do, and we've been talking about it for years, is something so basic. I want to go to Niagara Falls. Mm. I've wanted to do that for as long as I can remember. And we almost did it last year. And we almost did it this year. But we haven't quite done it. And before I pass, I'm going to Niagara Falls. Yeah. That, that's that's a That's a big item for me. And so a lot of things that... Uh, maybe you've not taken for granted, but doing all those things you just mentioned are on so many people's bucket list and uh, you, you did them all. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, it, and I didn't need a bucket list to do it. Right. Right. You I just got them someone done. to motivate me. There you go. All right. So uh, we'll get into the last part of the interview here. And the last part is where I really wanted to dig in on, uh, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the, of the uh, podcast, you are extremely successful. Um, everyone in our uh, mastermind group looks up to you. Um, you've been successful in everything that you've put your hands on. Uh, you've learned, you've shared with us what you've learned, um, and you keep growing. And uh, so most recently, you became a team lead and you passed your PMP, which was a huge goal that you had set for yourself. And you did both of those within the same month, uh, just a couple months ago. Um, so with that in mind, I wanted to dig into the last part of the um, podcast. So uh, if you can just talk a little bit about systems and habits, maybe uh, some examples of where you've put, used some systems or habits in your life that have helped you, uh, whether it's to do with work or anything in general. So, so I believe in systems and habits. I've always been a systems guy. And, and uh, actually, Jamie, who you interviewed in your first podcast, mm -hmm. turned me on to a recording by Andy Stanley on systems and I've probably listened to that 10 times I've pushed it on other people it's so important to realize that nothing happens in a vacuum if you want things to work you know you, you see these companies that every year they have a new agenda but what's the core what, what systems do you have in place to make sure that people actually follow that it sometimes they're just left to their own methods to figure it out where there's really no system in place and the most successful companies have systems I work with a company now there's systems and processes and sometimes they're they're a little overwhelming but they by doing and following those we get consistent results and uh, it's not a question of how do I do it it's not a question of how do we do it and that's where I think systems come into play and if you're going to be successful you got to have a system uh, habits. I've developed a lot of ha bad habits over the years, uh, but habits, I've gone up and down, I've, like you said, I've had successes and failures and the times that I've been most successful is when I had good habits. Getting up early, going to the gym, going for a walk, reading, uh, listen now I've gone to from reading to listening to podcasts but I every morning I have a queue of stuff I know my drive time so I try to find stuff that fits in there if it's interesting I'll split it up over my morning and my evening drive or if I'm driving to a job site I'll listen till I get the whole thing in and that is a habit yep. now I walk in the morning I either listen to podcasts or I listen if I found a good book and I have a book list that is I hope to achieve it next year because they're so they're hours and hours but by doing that I learn mm -hmm. and because of our group 
one of the things we do is share what we've learned. And sometimes it's not even that you've put it in practice, but you're enthused by it. Yeah. So you say, listen, this is what I learned these other people did, and that's how they were successful, and I'm going to try to implement their habits as part of mine. And some you will adapt. You'll learn that it works for you. And some, it's just not, just not you. So you've got to pick and choose, but once you pick it and you see its success, you got to turn it into a habit. Yeah. So you, you habitized your drive by saying, when I get in the car, that's my trigger. The routine is to play the audiobook or the podcast. Uh, and then the reward is that you've, you're now just gaining knowledge. You've, you know, uh, as Zig Ziglar says, created automobile university, basically. Yes, yes. Um, so speaking about habitizing your drive, you, you habitized your morning and created a morning routine. You'd shared with me, and I don't even remember how far back it was, maybe even three years ago, you had shared uh, kind of what your morning routine was. And for myself, in the morning, I had a few things, a few habits that I kind of loosely uh, put together, um, but it wasn't an actual morning routine. You shared with me yours, and it inspired me to, to do that. And now, I honestly can say that the, my morning routine is probably the thing that has impacted me the most over the last few years, um, and has helped me gain the clarity that I've needed, um, kind of helped me set my day. When you set your day, you set your week, and you set your week, you set your year, you know? Uh, and so I think that that has really helped me. Can you share uh, with the podcast kind of what your morning routine was, what you had shared with me, um, maybe where you got it from? And Well, and, and you'll, you'll hear this from a lot of people. You, a lot of times, especially if you're in a, a mental environment or a mental job, you have to make a lot of decisions. And by not having a routine or consistent habits, the day kind of goes based on whatever happens. But if you have a routine where you know you get up at five o'clock, you don't snooze, you, your clothes are laid out the night before for the gym and they're laid out for work. And there's been days where I haven't done that because maybe I've been up too late partying or, or, or doing something else that was not my normal focus. And then I see how that impacts my next day. Now I'm behind because I didn't, I didn't put my clothes out oh, now I gotta pick out what color to wear with this. And, oh, am I going to a job site today? I need to have my boots and my work pants out. So by thinking about your day the night before, so there's like a nightly routine, put out your clothes, think about what you're doing the next day. I'll check my email one last time to see if anything comes up that I need to deal with in the morning. So I know what I'm gonna hit when I get up and start rolling. So, and then I'll go for a walk. I'll listen to podcasts that I've already queued. And then if I get enthused or I didn't quite finish that, I'll finish it on the way to work or I'll go uh, make sure I download before I leave the house that podcast and have it queued. So I get in the car, I plug into the uh, Bluetooth or whichever uh, hard plug and then I, boom, I just hit play. As soon as, as I'm backing out of the driveway, I'm already listening to what I know my drive time. I know this podcast is gonna get me there and sometimes I might sit in the garage for five minutes once I get to work to finish it so that I've accomplished that and now I know I can go to the next one. And then when I get to work, I try not to do email. That's a struggle. Yeah. But get my desk ready, have my list from the day before. What do I need to accomplish? 
something I've gotten big into now is calendar blocking. I did a presentation on, well, I don't know, I did a presentation, I did a brief talk about it. Yeah. I've done presentations at work and now it's become, they've actually shared it with our entire account. So I've got people coming to me, oh, how do you do that? You know, the one thing, we have heard it so many times, we have so many minutes in a day, so many days in a year, everybody has the same amount of time, how yeah. do you use it? Well, if you've planned it out, you'll notice you'll have meetings and you'll have phone calls and there's a lot of white space in your calendar, but somehow it gets filled. And I remember a manager coming to me, he's like, I wish I had your calendar. It's like, why? Because look at all that white space. I don't get it because I am busy that whole time. Yeah. So now it's like, all right, I got a meeting. I need to prep for the meeting. So I'll yeah. put a 30 minute slot on my calendar, block it out, prep. And then I got to follow up with notes after. So I do a 30 minute after to do the notes yeah. if I'm the one doing the notes. I get a drive from job site to job site. Sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's three hours if I go across the state. So it goes into my calendar and I've told people, if you see it, this travel time, I'm available by phone, but don't set up a meeting because I'm not gonna be able to attend. Yeah. So you, you share that information with others, they see what you're doing, they know when you're available and your white space now disappears and it becomes actual production work you got to have some white space in there because things are going to happen. I mean, today I've had three things happen that were not on my calendar in any way. Yeah. And now i got to make up for it this weekend, but I had to fill that time slot with critical things that came up. Right. So that's why you got to have some white space in there. So the calendar blocking, I think, is a, a bonus uh, section here for the on, on this uh, episode. And maybe uh, we'll need to get back together for another episode soon. And uh, you can elaborate more on the... Um, calendar blocking because I can tell you I, you did a talk on that and I reviewed my calendar and saw some of the same things that you had shared um, and it's funny because over the last couple weeks at work I've had a couple people make a comment to me like oh how are you so organized I, same thing I wish my calendar could you know kind of be like yours and that kind of thing and I'm like you know what we're all born the same way it's not like I just overnight had this organization to do what you were sharing earlier is creating those systems and saying, you know what, my morning routine, I need to have this ready. And so you created a night routine to get you prepared for your morning routine. Uh, I think we miss that and we just say, I'm gonna start doing this. And we don't do anything to prepare to do this. You gotta allocate the time yeah. for it. Yeah, for sure. So that's awesome. I think you gave a ton of nuggets around systems, habits, your morning routine. Um, and then you added a little bit of the calendar blocking. So like I said, definitely next time we meet up, we'll. Uh, digging on that one more to wrap up this podcast uh the last thing i wanted to talk to you just about uh you've set and accomplished a lot of goals in your life and your career uh, like i said most recently you've had two big ones that you you were able to do in, in the last month uh, can you just share with uh the, the listening audience what you've done how you've been able to do this uh, basically set the goal and, and make sure see it through to accomplishment because you didn't it wasn't overnight and in some of these, you, you failed once or twice, and you were able to per persevere, push forward, and, and still make it happen. So the, the PMP was something that when I left my last job, I, I did not want to stay in the design industry. I'm an, I'm an older individual. There's a lot of young people coming out. They don't may not have the experience, but technology is changing all the time. Uh, I've been pretty good about technology. I used to be into IT, but over time it, it's not as exciting anymore and there's too many changes so you got to just pick and choose. But 
when I was leaving that, I knew I had to set myself up for a future. I'm, I'm not going to retire early. So I had to have a game plan. What is, what is one thing I could do that would give me a future? And being a full-time project manager would be a way to do that. And I've done project management, but it was all self-taught or watching others. And I started doing some research on it, found out about the PMP years ago. I decided I was going to do it. I studied, I learned the formulas, I learned the definitions, I took the test, I failed miserably. And I was like, how, I prepared so much for this. I studied, I had cards, I went to the library, I put on headphones, why? And I went back and signed up for a boot camp, went through the boot camp, reinforced some of my knowledge, but got to hear about, it's not just the knowledge, it's mm -hmm. how to apply it, and I learned from the test that the questions can be tricky and there's sometimes there's more than one right answer they want you to pick the best answer mm. and that comes from experience and thinking through stuff and on my second exam which I took uh, almost a year later and they changed the test between the first one and the second one so I had to learn new material I took a different approach to it and I didn't use any one source. I did YouTube videos. I signed up for Udemy courses. I did the boot camp, and I learned the items that I struggled with. I would find other places that went into more detail on that. And through that, through five or six different resources, I was able to get the knowledge that I didn't ace it, but I was in the top top of the test and I was yeah. nervous when I got out of the exam that oh my god I failed this again and I was surprised that I was actually in the 90 percentile which wow. I was blown away and I think the little prayer I did in the in the test probably helped <laughs> but uh, it took me two years of actual dedication to that process in and out of it of course after I failed it the first time I was depressed and like oh now I'm a loser then said, no, I got to get this. This is That might have been a late in life bucket list item, but I got the PMP. I finished the test. I had to jump on a plane within the hour of the test and fly to Charlotte for my first leadership meeting, which is when I also was promoted to team lead. And so a lot of major accomplishments. Yeah. The team lead thing I was hoping would come because when I was hired, they told me they wanted me to take a leadership position, but someone else had that role and uh, eventually I got it. So now, now I influence other people on a more direct way than I used to just influence them by kind of watch what I do. And right. People would say, oh, well, it's doing a good job. I'd say, okay, now I'm making a good example. So that didn't happen overnight, it took years. The leadership, you know, the position of team lead happened over about a year and a half. But it was towards the last year that I set a goal. I said, you know what? I want that position. What do I got to do to get that position? I got to yeah. be a leader. I got to mentor other people, coach other people. And when I have successes, I got to share that with them. And when I have failures, I got to share that with them too. Yeah. So they don't make the same mistakes. I like teaching and coaching people as you do. Yeah. Um, I don't have a goal to be a coach at this time. <laughs> but I do like influencing other people. And it, it, the thing is, I think for most people, if you're going to be successful, there is no overnight success. Yeah. It takes time, it takes dedication, and sometimes just perseverance. I think a key there, um, when you were talking through the leadership piece of it, um, 
so you you basically led before you were a leader uh, and I think that helped you be prepared so that when they came and said okay it's your time you're now a uh, team lead you already were in that your, your peers already saw you as a leader because you were leading beforehand so uh, no that, that's huge yeah a lot of people want to want a position but they want to do it once they get the position you can't do that. You got to live that. If you want to be the top pipe fitter, you got to be the top pipe fitter through your job. You got to learn and grow so that someday you will be labeled as the top yeah. fighter, the top pipe fitter. They're not just going to give it to you and say, okay, now I'm going to become. Right, right. No, that's good. That's awesome. So we will probably end on that nugget. I've got uh, a ton of notes that I took. So thank you for, for taking the time to sit down with me and share about your systems, habits, routines, uh, a little bit about what's made you successful. Um, so again, this was a, a great podcast. I appreciate you taking the time. Anything you wanted to share with the listeners before we uh, wrap up? No, I just summarize it. Anybody can be successful if they, they work hard at it and they set goals without a goal. If you want a goal, you got to have a plan. Um, I'm trying to think of the one statement that, uh, said it oh i think it was ford henry ford yes yeah if you think you're going to be a success you can be and if you think you're going to be a failure you will be you you've got to have goals and a plan to get there yeah that that would be i think the the biggest thing great awesome thanks again for taking the time and that's it for uh this podcast so thank you and uh thank you We will talk to you again soon. Like I said, probably have you back to talk about the calendar blocking. Thanks, Dave. Thanks.